It's time to get inspired. It's time to have some fun. It's time to take your relationship to the next level and create the marriage you always believed was possible. Come on, join us as we learn from real couples that have overcome real problems with real solutions. Welcome to the Unstoppable Duo Show with your hosts, Rebecca and Tim Lindsay. All right, I am excited. Mary and Jim Baker, I am going to pass it over to you. Thank you so much again for coming on the show. Um, after you're finished, we're going to go into breakout groups. If you could just hang around for five minutes and pray with us at the end, that would be so, so awesome. Thank you so, so much. Over to you. Yeah, awesome. Well, uh, hey, thanks for going after marriages. My goodness. And, uh, mm-hmm. and doing it in such a holistic way. And yeah, we, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know some of the people I know challenged, but uh, some of them I know very well. And so, uh, yeah, you put together a great group. Well, um, well, I'm Jim. It's my wife, Mary. And yes, we have a famous name, uh, Jim Baker, I know. And so you talked about going after healing and finances. And I'm like, really got health and wealth with the name Jim Baker. Like, is there anything more offensive that you could have me do? And so, yeah, so we were really seeing a lot of breakthrough and healing. We we're seeing, you know, I don't, man, I don't even know, hundreds and hundreds of people healed and broken bones reset and tumors dissolving and cancers healed and uh, mental retardation healed and uh, just all sorts of wonderful yay God things. Um, we've had over a dozen people raised from the dead. I'm 0 for 13. I prayed for 13 dead bodies and they got colder. It was terrible. And so, uh, but our people, I don't know what happened there. Uh, they got it. So uh, just right place at the right time. I think it was about 2000. I, I get the date wrong. I think it was about 2011 that the Lord told me to go after finances the way that we went after healing. So kind of an all out ballistic assault. I ended up doing an 18 part series on finances. I only planned on about six, but it just kept going. And uh, we didn't even talk about giving until about week 13. Because here's the thing is if you don't have the heart conditions right, what will happen is a lot of people use giving and receiving as a way to manipulate God. It's kind of like if they can get the cosmic tumblers of heaven to line up and say the right thing and give the right amount. And it really becomes manipulative if you don't have the right heart. And so I'll, I'll prove it to you. Your motive is more important than the amount. People are like, should I tithe in the 10%? Is the tithe even new covenant? Well, let's just set that aside for a second. Your motive is more important than your amount. First Corinthians 13 says, if you give away all your possessions and surrender your body to be burned by the flames, if you have not love, it profits you nothing. Yeah. And so you can give 100%. And if you don't have love, and so the heart motivation for giving under the new covenant is love. And so... Anyway, so let's, uh, I'm going to go ahead and get my definition of uh, prosperity. I'm going to talk about this for a second. And I'm going to have my wife talk about something that really is uh, kind of helped our marriage and stuff. And so, uh, yeah, so I usually do the talking. And so I want to make sure she's got plenty of good things to say that I don't just uh, hog it all here. So he, he talks enough for the both of us. I do, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> but it's not because she has a lack of things to say. It's just because her husband's, uh, I don't know, I do this a lot. So, all right. So um, here's my definition of prosperity. Let's just get this settled. It's that you have more than enough resources to fulfill every divine assignment God has for you and enough left over to help others fulfill theirs. Now, let me say it again. That you have more than enough resources to fulfill every divine assignment God has for you and enough left over to help others fulfill theirs. Now, notice I didn't say every Christian is going to be a zillionaire. Uh, many, Christian, you know, uh, many Christians can't handle what's in their hand, let alone handle uh, an, an increase, right? And so here's what that means. It means that the farmer in Uganda's uh, finances is probably going to look different than someone who's called to reach royalty, right? Which one's better? Well, neither one's better. It's to be faithful with your assignment. 
So uh, abundance, if you're Joseph in prison, doesn't mean you're going to have the finest chariots and the palace on the hill. It means you're going to have uh, the emotional health and the favor and the well-being that allows him to prosper and succeed in whatever environment God puts you in. So I like, I like to look at it like this, is you stay in your lane and you expect God to give you all the resources to succeed in that assignment that season, enough left over to be a blessing to other people, okay? So if you think of yourself like a hose, right? And the inside of a hose gets wet. If God can get money through you, he'll get money to you and there'll be plenty left over for you. Here's some good news. God can take better care of you on accident than you can take care of yourself on purpose, right? And so here's how you take care of yourself on purpose is by worrying about money. We're going to get to that here in just a little bit. Tim, did, did Craig talk about the spirit of mammon at all? Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hit on that here in just a second. I believe the spirit of mammon is the number one reason why Christians are not prospering. I, I, and I think you'll agree with me. You don't have to agree with me. We're going to break it off. you. I don't care if you agree with me. We're going to break it off you as you can prosper because he says you cannot serve God and mammon. And so we're going to, we're going to get that off of you. And so I, I, let me just make that statement again. When the priority of your finances is on God and other people, God will take better care of you on accident than you can take care, care of yourself on purpose. And here's some good news. His name is El Shaddai, not El Chipo, right? And so God doesn't mind meeting your needs in style. He just doesn't want you pursuing style with all your heart, right? I mean, he's a, he's a good dad. Adam and Eve woke up to a park full of food for two people. I mean, come on, you know, how much sky do you need? You know, there was, there was 12 baskets left over after the miracle. If Joel Osteen would have done that miracle and had uh, 12 baskets full over, boy, there'd have been the heresy police would have been hunting him down and writing articles about him. <laughs> how are we doing? So, uh, all right, all right. So I grew up in the Assemblies of God, and we grew up um, hearing stories of missionary families. And so we, I love these stories. And the story would go something like this. There'd be a family, they would be out in the mission field, and they would be broke. They wouldn't have any money, they wouldn't have any food, and uh, they would set the, uh, the table by, by faith. They would put the plates, the forks, the knives, and they would hold hands and pray, knowing that they had no food. And all of a sudden, there'd be a knock at the door, and they'd go and answer the door, and all of a sudden, there'd be someone standing there with groceries, and yay, God, like how many of you guys have heard a story like that where there's provision like that, right? <clears throat> okay, here's what we, listen, we need stories like that to build our faith, but here's what we need more is we need people like you who not only have the resources, but have the ability to hear from God to go meet that need. And I believe that's the group of people I'm talking to. People are going to take time out of their day to go after a challenge as people who want to be those resources. So to me, prosperity is about blessing, not possessing. It's about having the provision for your vision. And so um, there's been a lot of errors, at least in America and in, in the West on prosperity. I'm, I'm, you know, I've been to Africa a few times. I've been to Uganda a few times. And uh, the errors seem to be over there, too. Somehow they've, uh, <laughs> they've, they've gotten everywhere. <clears throat> in the first teaching, uh, you know, and listen, guys, I understand there's been bad teaching on finances in the past. But there's also been bad teaching on heaven. And I still plan on going there. OK. And so fear of error is not a reason to ignore the truth right? If you ignore the truth, you're already in error. And so the two doctrines that have been fought against the most in the past 30 years in the body of Christ are healing and finances. People call it, oh, is that health and wealth gospel? Well, guys, there is no health and wealth gospel, but the gospel of the kingdom includes healing and abundant provision for your finances. We'll, we'll look at that here in just a second. I got some good news for you. Jesus didn't die, from the, didn't die for the sickness and poverty gospel <laughs> either, all right? And so, so yeah, it's a healing of finances. And so there's been, there's kind of been two big errors in the body of Christ. And so the first one error is this, it says that poverty is a spiritual value. You know, religion says it's, it's good to be poor, you know, it keeps you humble, you know, poverty and lack are a good thing. If, 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 uh, if poverty is so spiritual, why does the Bible tell us to give to the poor? 
Wouldn't that just ruin their spirituality? I'll tell you one of the poorest ways to help the poor is to be poor. Now, listen, uh, is anyone in here, you can be broke and not be poor. All right. And has anyone in here besides me and Mary ever been broke? All right. Broke is a temporary financial condition. Poverty is a lens that only sees meager possibilities. And when you only see meager possibilities, it's going to severely limit God's ability to invade your finances. Are you guys hearing what I'm saying? What does the Bible say? It says prosper as your soul prospers. So where does prosperity start? It starts on the inside. Guys, for the belief, listen, for the world, it's law of the jungle. You know, it's get what you can, can all you get and sit on the can, right? It's, 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 it's <laughs> dog eat dog. It's, you know, it's, it's, you know, you know, screw this person, get the money and, you know, and manipulate and strive. And, but that's the earth curse system of that. And so in the kingdom, it's prosper as your soul prospers. How much do you think God wants your soul to prosper? He wants you to have just a little bit of joy. He's like joy unspeakable. He wants you to have like a little bit of love abounding in the height, the depth, the width, the unfathomable of his love, right? A little bit of, uh, of, of, you know, peace, peace that passes understanding, right? So how much does he want your soul to prosper? He says, let's start there. And then it's unlimited on your outside. Why? Because the bit, listen, more money equals more impact. If you had more money, you could make more impact. That's kingdom finances. We're not talking about indulging every selfishness and, you know, having a different car for every day of the month so you can show the unbelief. No, we're not talking about that. We're talking about being able to meet real needs. If you can't afford to go to the store, you can't afford to go into all the world. But nobody needs to feel bad about their current financial situation. What we need to do is we need to see what did Jesus actually pay for? Because we can use reason. Oh, God is good. He wants me to have good things. Like I, like, I understand reason. We need revelation. We need to see it in God's word. What did Jesus actually pay for? So that's what we're going to look at. I want to make this statement. Um, <clears throat> prosperity starts with who you have, not what you have. You guys, and when you have Jesus, you have prosperity himself. He wants to prosper your marriage. He wants to prosper your health. He wants to prosper your finances. He is a good God. He came to give you abundant life, not scarce life, right? And so... All right. So I'm going to keep going here. Sweet, you're talking so fast. <laughs> All right. This is a problem, especially for my Ugandan friends. I'm so sorry. When I go preach over there, they're always giving me hand signals. Slow down. Slow down. We're, so we're, so... we're, we are good. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. In India, they had the kit. What was the sign they kept holding up? They kept doing some hand signal to me in India. Yeah. It was like, all right, I'm sorry. I was, I'm talking. I get excited. So. All right, guys, if money's so bad for us, why doesn't Satan just pour it on Christians and watch them backslide into hell? If money is so bad, why did Satan take it away from Job? Why at the end of the book of Job did God reward Job with the double portion? Why is the good man the one who leaves an inheritance to his children's children? Right? The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God. I tell you what, every religious person on the planet loves the person who seeks first the kingdom of God. But when the next part of that verse takes place and all these things will be added, oh, I don't know about this person. I'm getting worried about them. They're getting selfish. Okay. And so the, the first error is saying that it's good to be poor. Now, the second error is equally as perverted. And it says that your spirituality is measured by the size of your house or the size of your bank account. Okay. Listen, guys, material possessions are not a sign of God's blessing unless they are. <laughs> There's actually times in the Bible where the blessing actually came directly from the hand of God. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, uh, David, right? It's uh, Solomon. It's uh, all those people, right? God was the direct cause of their blessing. So here's what that means. It is not your job to be the prosperity police to figure out who's got too much money. 
let me ask you this. How much money is too much money? It's whatever amount replaces trust in God. Let me say that again. How much money is too much money? It's whatever amount replaces trust in God. Some people, they could get a hundred bucks in their pocket. They forget there's a God in heaven. Other people, a hundred million dollars wouldn't even begin to move them because their heart is so anchored in the invisible realm. Mm -hmm. So here's the deal with money. People don't like this, but here's the truth. Money is to the natural realm what the anointing is to the supernatural realm. It's simply a way to get things done. Guys, we have to get this kingdom perspective on money. We can't get our self-worth from our net worth. How much money you have, it has nothing to do with how much God loves you or the size of your purpose. You have to think of money like a tool. You know, uh, Tim, if I went over to your house, I guarantee you would not take me into your garage and start showing me your shovel collection. Oh, Jim, we're so proud of our shovels. You know, our, our daughter, uh, you know, bedazzled this one. And, you know, and no one's bragging about their shovel collection because it's a tool to accomplish a purpose. Guys, in the kingdom, we turn those dollars into soldiers to accomplish kingdom purposes. That's what we're talking about. Now, listen to 2 Corinthians 9.8. This is a mind-blowing verse. I hope you got your shouting shoes on because this is OMG level good news. Okay, you guys ready for this? This context is 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9. It's two whole chapters talking about finances and giving. Okay, so the context is money. Okay, so here we go. And God is able to make a little bit of grace squirt out to you if you're good enough. No, that's not what it says. That's not what 2 Corinthians 8, 9 says. Here's what it says. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times may abound in every good work. Do you think the Holy Spirit was in a good mood when he, uh, when he wrote that verse? Okay, guys, if this verse isn't true, then John 3, 16 isn't true either. And here's what this verse means. It means that anytime there's a need that comes across your path, if your heart is moved to meet it, and God wants you to have a stream of income to meet that need. Mm -hmm. You might say, Jim, I don't believe I'll ever get there. Well, we're going to need to overcome your unbelief before you get very far. Can I pause you right Yeah, there? please do. Please do. This could be bad because anytime Jim and I try to speak together, I totally throw him off. No, no, it's <laughs> good. It's good. Going. Keep going. But I was, just, uh, I was just thinking, you know, so many times we are so worried about our own needs but as soon as we change our focus to something that like, like what you were saying moves our heart, like something that, that God has put in front of us, like whether it's human trafficking or, you know, some, there's some downtown initiative that, that need the poor need fed, something like that. And there's something in your heart that like leaps out and you're just like, gosh, I, Lord, I want to be the person to meet that need. As soon as your eyes start start refocusing on serving someone else, all your needs start getting met. It is the weirdest thing. But anyway, go ahead. No, it's good. You know, that's how kingdom wealth works. Wealth is attracted. It's not pursued. Right. The kingdom attracts what the world pursues. So you think, can you guys see I'm holding a giant invisible magnet here? Okay. And so imagine the magnet is U-shaped, it's red, and it's got the silver tips. When a magnet points away from you, it attracts. When it's pointed towards you, it repels. That's kingdom finances. When it's all about me, Proverbs says, money grows wings and flies away. When I make the priority God, I really want to be a blessing. Guys, it's an ancient Jewish promise to our father Abraham. Don't make me start singing the song. It says, uh, blessed to be a blessing. You know what that means? If you're going to be a blessing, wait for it. You have to first be blessed. <laughs> it's not wrong to be blessed. Guys, it's actually selfish for you to not desire blessing. <laughs> I want you to think about that. Listen to Psalm 67, one or two. Because listen, guys, when God only provides for your needs, the world will lack a revelation of an abundant father. Okay, here's Psalm 67, one and two. May God be gracious to us 
and bless us and make his face to shine upon us that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Because that sounds like revival to me. Okay, everybody's saying, God, put your, it's legal to pray for a blessing because when Christians become blessed, we become a bigger blessing. He's saying, God, put your hand of blessing on me so this world will know what you're like so that I can impact them. <clears throat> blessed to be a blessing. A lot of people say this, Jim, I just want enough to provide for me and my family. How many of you guys have heard someone make a statement like that? I, provide, I want to provide just for me and my family, right? <clears throat> Let me just tell you what that is. That's the spirit of stupid and the spirit of poverty getting married and having a child together. <clears throat> I know. Let, let me translate that for you. You're I, so offensive. All right. Hey, all right. <laughs> I'm going to take a drink on that one of water. <clears throat> let me tell you what that statement means. My needs are met. Who gives a rip about the rest of the world? Guys, you see how selfish that is. I love this quote from Margaret Thatcher, the former prime minister of England. She says, um, no one would have remembered the good Samaritan if he'd only had good intentions. He had money as well. So Guys, good. you cannot be a big giver if you don't have a big mm -hmm. abundance to give from. You cannot fill someone else's cup if your pitcher is empty. Yeah. Affluence is for influence. Income is for impact. Prosperity has a purpose. Right? Well, Jim, money can't buy happiness. Well, neither can poverty. <laughs> poverty can't buy anything. I tell you what, people who say money can't buy happiness just simply haven't given enough of it away. I've watched money buy happiness over and over for people. We watched biohappiness for girls coming out of human trafficking, digging wells overseas, building hospitals, sheltering the homeless, planting churches, feeding the poor, spreading the gospels, and taking my family on vacation. I watched it by happiness. All right. And so uh, all right, I need to get to the spirit of mammon here. I mean, I'm going to let my wife talk here for a second. So, oh, how kind. I know. Since this is a marriage uh, a summit here, I'm going to let my wife talk. <laughs> Um, well, just, I guess, backing up, I think that we all probably already know that when you and your spouse are not getting along, a lot of times it has to do with finances. And we know that's also kind of in the top two reasons for divorce, at least in America. I don't know if it's the whole world, but, um, did Craig, did Craig Hill talk about how God's the owner and we're his money manager? No, not, uh, not in particular. Go ahead. Well, I don't, I don't want to go into the whole thing. That was just kind of one thing that really, I think, uh, shifted my entire way of thinking. And I was just thinking about when we realize that God's actually the owner of the money and we're just managing his money, there's number one, the pressure's off. But number two, I think like it, it um, dissolves this um, tug of war between couples where you're both trying to control the money. You know what I mean? You both have an idea where the money should go instead of like looking to God, like, God, okay, you're the owner. <laughs> you are the, the ultimate source that all of the money, all the resources going to come through. What is it that you, you want us to do with this money? And so I think, you know, one of your points was pray together <laughs> back in the back Tim or earlier on. And that is so key to be praying together as a couple as to, okay, like, God, this is your money. What do you want me to do with it? And sometimes it doesn't make sense in the natural. Actually, a lot of times it doesn't make sense in the natural. And then other times you're like, oh God, you're a genius. I never thought of this. And I think it all comes down to trusting that God's the owner and we're just the money manager. But the other thing I wanted to hit really quick is um, I'm a lot more like brief 
short to the point. And Jim like takes, you know, takes you on a journey. So what I have to say is real short and to the point. So you just got to grab it. Okay. <laughs> but um, the other thing that I think really changed our marriage communication, because communication is key anytime it comes to money or anything, is one time Jim did this message on priestly and kingly. And um, I guess I just want you to talk about that. <laughs> well, that was, <laughs> to, the, that was to the point. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, I, you know, under the new covenant, we get to be kingdom kings and priests. Right. But I, I find that a lot of time in a marriage, one will be more kingly and one will be more priestly. Right. They seem to get married to each other. So the priestly is more focused on the invisible realm, on heaven. What is heaven saying? The prophetic glory, <clears throat> feeling the atmosphere, intercession, laying on their face, you know, soaking. And the kingly is more about affluence for influence. It's about setting goals and taking dominion <clears throat> and, you know, investing and, and those type of things. And so what happens a lot of time is the two get married and there tends to be a battle. <clears throat> and so the priestly is saying, why can't you pray more? And the kingly is saying, listen, if I prayed on my face all day, we wouldn't get anything done, you know? And so, you know, it kind of goes back and forth. And so we had to have, so I'm more kingly, Mary's more priestly. Uh, one time we went on vacation, I looked at the two books on the table. Um, hers was called Moving in Glory Realms, and mine was called All About Asset Allocation. And so I'm like, that pretty much illustrates our marriage right there. And so, but yeah, there had to be an honoring for me to recognize, you know what, I get to be a priestly king. You know, I, I, I get to be kingly, but I get to have the influence of heaven. I get to do it uh, with his hand on my life, you know, he, my, my, my ear to his lips. And then she gets to be a kingly priest. Yeah, she can, she can hear from heaven. She can take radical action and get things done, too. So I, I just, we just wanted to throw that one out there, that you may be wired one way, uh, just naturally, but in the kingdom, we get to be both. But when you honor each other, and I began to recognize, like we had some... Um, we teach something called the due diligence diamond for how to make investing decisions with the Lord. And part of it is agreement with spouse. And, you know, I would have all this research and why this was an awesome investment. And she would say, I just don't feel good about it. Well, it would make me so mad. I, I basically just had no honor for you don't understand finances. You know, I'm the finance guy. I'm not kidding. Every single time we invested when she didn't have a good feeling, we lost all of our money without exception. Like all of it. Okay. You don't have to keep bringing that up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but what happened there is I learned to honor, you know what? She doesn't have to have all the intellectual reasons. God's given her discernment that I have, I have to learn to trust. And so that's been something that's been but, something. That's but, and on the flip side, like I've learned that, okay, reading a book might actually be important. Yeah. Doing your due diligence is actually important. That's <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Somebody else teaching you something that you don't know is actually just as important as laying on your face. You need them both, you know? So I just, I guess I just wanted him to share that because I feel like it's such communication and respecting how one another are wired and how one another sees the situation is so important to bring a resolution <laughs> to the table instead of just this all the time. You know what I mean? So that's all. Well, that's good. Thanks, babe. <clears throat> well, I want to only talk to you about the spirit of mammon. And so I, you know, you know, I've got this much teaching and this much ties. So we'll, uh, I don't want to start speaking in tongues and just ask you to interpret it. So we'll, um, Here's the spirit of mammon. So uh, the spirit of mammon says this in Matthew 6, 24, no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Um, 
One uh, translation says God and money, but you'll look, there'll be a little footnote and it says it's the Aramaic word mammon. So here's what mammon is. Mammon was the demon God of Syria, whose name meant the power of riches. Here's the idea. There's a spiritual power behind money. You can see Jesus is setting it up. You can either trust God or trust in the spiritual influence behind money. Mammon tries to get you to look to money the way that you and I are supposed to look to the one true God. Let me put it this way. If you feel a little bit more significant and a little bit more secure when you've got more money in your bank account, that's the spirit of mammon because your security and your significance is supposed to come from God himself. So good. I want you to think about that. Think how sneaky that is. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to read some popular Bible verses, but here's what they sound like when the spirit of mammon gets hold of them. Okay, ready? Where does my help come from? My help comes from money. Money is my shepherd. I shall not be in want when I've got enough of it. Money is an ever-present help in time of need. Money gives me the peace that passes understanding. People perish for a lack of money. A day in the mall is better than thousands elsewhere, right? <laughs> and so behind mammon is this lie that says, you know what? God cares about those super saints, but you're not one of those super saints. And so you need to worry about money and strive and fear. Here's the truth, guys. You don't need more money. You need to understand God and his kingdom better. Okay? Um, <clears throat> Mammon has two sides to it. Fear, there's not enough, and greed, there's not enough. It's the same message, but, uh, it, but it gets personal. There's not enough for me, right? Yeah, everyone else may be doing all this, but not for me. And so that's a mammon has that great lie behind it. Here's what it looks like to serve or worship mammon, uh, Matthew 6.25. Remember he said you cannot serve God and mammon? He gives it to you the next verse, Matthew 6.25. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. What you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you'll put on, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. You guys ready for this? Anxiety and worry are to the spirit of mammon what praise and worship are to the one true God. Let me say that again. Anxiety and worry are to the spirit of mammon what praise and worship are to the one true God. Here's how you worship mammon is by freaking out over finances, right? Fear is just faith in the devil, Worry is a form of atheism because it's imagining your future without God. So I've got some good news for you. God's already in your future. He'll be there when you get there, so you don't need to worry about it, right? Listen, guys, God's supernatural cannot flow into worry and anxiety over money. It's like putting up an umbrella over your finances when God's trying to rain down blessing. Here's the truth. You don't need more money. You need a greater relationship with the source, okay? Don't confuse the source with the resource. Did Craig talk about the source and the resource? But you're going to hear it again if you did, all right? Don't confuse the source with the resource. And so the, the, the source never changes. God himself, your resource of provision can change many times throughout your life. How many of you guys remember the Old Testament prophet Elijah? Man, he had stuff rough. I tell you what, those, all those Old Testament prophets had it rough. Um, Isaiah had to walk around naked for three years. I'm like, I don't even take my shirt off at the pool anymore. Like, are you kidding me? You know, Hosea had to marry a prostitute named Gomer. I mean, that's terrible. Ezekiel had to cook his food over his own dung. Now, when you're in junior high, that's probably hilarious. But when you're an adult, that's just disgusting. All right, let's just be honest about that. All right, you can see why the church has been a nonprofit organization for, oh, that's a terrible one. <clears throat> All right, so God says, Elijah, I want you to prophesy a famine. Elijah's like, I'm an Old Testament prophet. I love prophesying famines in the land that you're living in. He's like, oh man, can we prophesy over one of our enemies, the Amorites, the termites, the cellulites, the parasites? He's like, no, Elijah, I want you to prophesy a famine in the land you're living in. He's like, don't worry about it. I have a resource of provision. You're going to go to the Brook Cherith, special delivery service from the uh, Ravens. You got the water. Everything is good. Until what happens? The brook dries up. 
Now, what do most Christians do when the brook dries up? They start freaking out. God's forgotten about me. Giving doesn't work, right? Blaming God for everything. Blaming, right? blaming God for everything, right? <laughs> and so uh, here's the thing, guys. Don't confuse the source with the resource. Elijah's source didn't change, but his resource of provision changed. God's like, Elijah? Oh, here's the thing. Every time the resource of provision changed, are you ready for the next verse? It says this, and the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Guys, if your resource of provision has dried up or is changing, what do you need? You needed the word of the Lord. You need to quiet yourself and hear God and do what he says. So Elijah quiets himself and God says, listen, we got a new resource of provision. It's a widow in Zarephath. I'm sure he was like, Lord, did you say window? Is this like a window of blessing? No, Elijah, she's a widow. Lord, Lord is widow like the last name of like a Boaz type person? No, no. Here's what you need to understand. There wasn't like a lot of female entrepreneurs in the ancient Near East. Like the resource of provision was their husband. All right. So Elijah goes to Zarephath to find his new resource of provision. Says he finds a widow and she's digging through the uh, forage, trying to get enough sticks to make a fire. That's not a good sign in your new resource of provision. Right. And um, and so uh, he says, uh, he finds a lady and he says, listen, can you make me something neat? She said, listen, it's kind of a bad time. You know, my son and I, we've got a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil and we're going to eat of it. And then we're going to die. How many of you know that's not the mighty faith declaration you're looking for in your resource of provision? So what does Elijah say to her? He says, bake me a cake as fast as you can. He says, take, make, make me some bread and bring it to me that I might eat of it, right? Can you guys just see the newspaper? Prophet of God takes last meal from widow, right? So what is going on here? Guys, where was she putting her trust? She was putting her trust in a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil. Here's the thing, guys. Elijah, God knew that if he could get her eyes off of the resource and onto the source, supernatural provision could flow into her life. Guys, I'm here to tell you, we're going to break that spirit of mammon off you in the next minute here. God wants you to get your eyes off of the resource and onto the source so that supernatural provision can flow into your life. Here's the lesson uh, that I want you to get today. Right? Get this in your heart. Nobody can take better care of me than dad. Boom. That is it. That is the foundation for supernatural finances is nobody can take better care of me than dad. There's a peace, there's a rest that comes with that. So here's what I want to do is because mammon puts this deep fear in your heart that God's not going to take care of you. So you better worry and figure it out yourself. You need to spend a lot of time and energy pursuing it. Okay. So here's what I want to do is I want to, uh, let's just take this moment and I want to break the spirit of mammon. So if you guys could, if you could just dig out a piece of paper, just real quick, if you don't have a piece of paper, this is, you're going to tear it up. So I don't want you to, uh, Take, take your notes and shred your notes here in just a second, all right? If you can get that little extra piece of paper, and I'll, I'll give you guys a second. And we're almost done here, Tim. So thanks for letting me have a little extra here. <clears throat> if you don't have a piece of paper, that's okay. We'll just we'll have you make like an invisible ball with it. And we'll have you throw it, okay? All right, I see uh, Roy and Kapash. We've got, am I saying Kapash? All right, all right. So um, got, they got their paper. All right, here's what I want you guys to do. I'll right, just wait another minute there for the Bowers. You guys are worth the wait. All right. I feel like we've met you guys before, but all right. So here's what I want you guys to do is um, we're going we're gonna to ask the Holy Spirit a question, and you're going to write down the answer. Here's the question. Holy Spirit, what am I worried about that you don't want me to worry about? Okay, and we're gonna we're gonna make an offering of this. We're gonna offer this up to the Lord in just, in just a second. Okay, so um, Holy Spirit, what am I worried about that you don't want me to worry about? So just write that down. It could be kids, finances, whatever it might be. Just give you a minute. I 
I just want to interject in there. Sometimes it's better to let the Holy Spirit actually answer that question instead of you. You know what I'm saying? So Holy Spirit, what am I worrying about <laughs> that I shouldn't be worrying about? And then write it down. If you need a bigger sheet of paper, because you have so many worries, Rebecca does counseling. And so her <laughs> couch coaching and stuff. Couch, couch coaching. She does couching, yes. <laughs> you lay on the couch and she coaches you. Yeah, it's beautiful. Easy. All right. So um, here's what I want to do. First uh, Peter 5, 7 says, says this, cast your cares on Jesus because he cares for you. Cast your cares on Jesus because he cares for you. Guys, your body, your marriage, your, your, your emotions cannot carry these, the weight of this. And so you weren't meant to. So we're going to turn, we're going to cast them on him. And so let's just pray this prayer. Holy Spirit, I am done with the spirit of mammon. I'm no longer looking to money as my source. Jesus, you are my source. I repent from the spirit of mammon. I put my trust in you, Jesus. Nobody can take better care of me than dad. All right, so on the count of three, you're breaking that partnership with mammon. You're, you're, you're tearing this thing up and you're saying, God, I trust you. So in the name of Jesus, one, two, three. Thank you, Lord. And I just believe that tearing noise is a sweet sound to heaven. So... You can get into little pieces, but you're going to have to clean it up. So however small you want to go with those things, you can go ahead and do it. All right. So um, can you just unmute yourselves and let's just make a declaration. I'm going to turn it over to Tim here. Can you guys unmute yourselves? You guys ready for this? I'm going to say it and you repeat it after me. I expect opportunities in favor. I expect opportunities in every area of my life. In every area of my life. I live in abundance. I am blessed. I am blessed. And I am a blessing. And I am a blessing. Nobody can take better care of me than dad. Nobody can take better care of me than dad. Amen. All right, Tim, I'm turning it back over to you. I don't know where you want to go from here. Amen. Thank you so much. Um absolutely awesome thank you mary and jim wow what a session thank you so much for all those powerful um moments comments thoughts really kairos you know where god's just breaking in and speaking to us and releasing us from so many false conceptions around money mary and jim would you just take a moment and pray for us yeah, absolutely. And uh, I just want to amen what you're saying about coaching. Coaching is absolutely life-changing. Uh, my wife and I, we get coaching in a couple of different areas of our life. And um, it's kind of the it's kind of like cheating. It's kind of the fast track to get from here to here quickly is coaching. So I love what you guys are doing. So, all right, let's just enjoy the Lord and just see what he has for us here. So, <sighs> Jesus, Jesus, you're wonderful. <clears throat> Lord, I just thank you that prosperity is your idea. It's not our idea. Or we're not trying to convince you, you're trying to convince us. And so, Lord, I bless your people. Lord, everything that they put their hand to, that it would prosper. 
And I just declare over some of you guys, you do not have a money problem. You have an idea problem. And the good news is, is you are creative because you are in relationship with the creator. So I just break off any hopelessness in the name of Jesus that, you know what? I don't even know where to start. I don't have any resources. Lord, I just thank you that there's something in their hand. There's an idea. There's a relationship. Listen, you are one connection away from everything that you want. Lord, I just thank you for bringing people together within this group, outside of this group. But Lord, I just thank you that you are the master networker. And I come against any hopelessness right now. We just break that off. If that's you, just say, God, I repent of this hopelessness. God, I have a confident expectation of good because you're in my life. Yeah, and I just release uh, dreams in the night of uh, new ideas, fresh strategies, maybe even... Um, uh, inventions that have, have never been thought of before or a new way of doing something. So God, we just release those dreams and those strategies in the nighttime hours. And um, Lord, I just ask you just to wake them up when that happens so they can go and write it down. And um, I also just release peace over your sleep. Um, any kind of stress that has to do with money dissolve right now in the name of Jesus. And we just replace that with your peace, the shalom peace of heaven. We love you, Jesus. Lord, I just thank you for the God factor that when you're involved, everything can change. And Lord, I just thank you that you're making them to become the kind of people who can carry the weight of blessing without it crushing them. So Lord, we just embrace yeah. the seasons of sowing uh, that yeah. prepare us for the reaping, uh -huh. Lord, so that we can carry it, Lord, for the, for the trials, for the trusting, Listen, guys, if you're in the middle of it, you either came from a trial, you're about to go into a trial, or you're in the middle of a trial. It's because he wants you lacking in nothing. That's the end result of trials from James 1. So I just declare over you, God is preparing you so that you are lacking in nothing. You may be in the spiritual gymnasium right now, but you're acquiring spiritual strength for the next season. So I pray for that wisdom from that heavenly perspective that God, uh, I'm going through this because you love me. You're going, I'm going through this because you want to bless me. And so, Lord, we pray uh, that uh, out of Isaiah 9, um, of the increase of your government and of peace, there will be no end. And I just declare over you, there will be nothing but increase in the name of Jesus. I just want to tag on. This morning, the Lord was talking to me about walking through the fire. And um, just we, in order to carry his fire and, and you know, because fire can be dangerous <clears throat> and it can be really good. But what happens is, in order to carry his holiness, in order to like carry that power, that fire of the Lord, there's fires that we have to walk through, those trials, those um, those fiery moments that we can't just walk around. We actually have to walk through and, and we have to find Jesus in the middle of the fire. And in those places is what's um, building, uh, tearing down things that need to be torn down. And it's building this um, strong vessel that can carry God's power, that can carry that weight that Jim was just praying about. So God, we just release the fire of heaven on every single person that is on this call, every single person that's gonna listen to this call. We just release that purifying fire. Lord, we just say yes and amen to whatever you have, but we wanna be those people that are able to carry your power and carry your fire and carry the weight of your glory without it crushing us. So Lord, whatever, whatever we, whatever lessons we need to learn, we just say yes. And we know that we're going to find you in the middle of the lesson. <laughs> Amen to that. Amen. Amen. Woo! Come on. Thank you for tuning in to the Unstoppable Duo Show. 
We pray that you were encouraged and were able to take away an idea of how your marriage can become a little more unstoppable this week. Are you looking for more? Twice a year, Rebecca and Tim coach a small number of couples through their 90-day Unstoppable Breakthrough Experience. Why not join them and create the marriage you always believed was possible? Go to theunstoppableduo.com and register today. We look forward to seeing you next week right here on The Unstoppable Duo Show.